and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zones. Time to talk a little NFL draft. Let's jump out to The Zone phone. He covers the draft for CBS Sports. He's Josh Edwards with us here on The Big Show. What's going on, Josh? How are you? I'm doing pretty well, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. And uh, we can cover a lot of stuff uh, with you, of course. But uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have you jump on the show, you wrote uh, last week, five reasons for Zach Wilson's uh, uh, meteoric rise to number two quarterback. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what you see in Zach and and why potentially he could go uh, as high as number two. Yeah, I think it just starts with his natural ability as a passer. Um, You know, he's just really comfortable in his own skin. He's uh, comfortable throwing on the run. I think he's kind of unique in the sense that he's able to generate just as much power on the run as he is planted in the pocket. Um, You know, and I I love his toughness. I love his accuracy. I mean, there's, there's not much that I don't like about Zach Wilson. I think there are times that, you know, maybe he tries to do a little bit too much, but um, for me, he's he's definitely my number two quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. You mentioned in your article about uh, the uh, arm angles. Uh, break that down a little bit. Why is that so important in the modern game? Yeah, that's something that we've seen more recently. Um, it, it's most notable in an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes kind of player uh, where, you know, maybe you have a rusher coming at you and the rusher instinctively knows if you start to pull your arm back, you're probably going to get ready to throw the football. So as any savvy edge rusher is going to do, they're going to peel off their rush, and they're going to try to stick their arms up to get it into a passing lane and knock the ball down. Um, Where it benefits you to be able to throw from different arm angles uh, is that, you know, maybe you're able to go sidearm, so you go under the player's arms, or, you know, maybe you do this jump pass that we saw Tim Tebow do in the past. Um, you know, whatever it may be, whatever angle you need to take to get to the court, to get to the wide receiver, Zach Wilson is capable of doing that. And typically we see it in players that have a baseball background, but um, Zach does not have a baseball background. He primarily played basketball in high school. So um, he's just a really unique talent in the way that, um, you know, he's able to distribute the football. Let's see. I, I'm sure these guys all want to go as high in the draft as they possibly can. But in his heart of hearts, should Zach be rooting to not go to the Jets? <laughs> I can understand that line of thinking. Um, I, I I would understand where that was coming from if I wasn't as confident in the structure that they have put in place with um, head coach Robert Sala and general manager Joe Douglas. I think. Both of them are actually, you know, very competent and capable of performing their jobs at, at a high level. Um, I haven't always felt that way in the past, and that's probably where the where the uh, question is coming from. But the current installment of key decision makers in New York, I actually trust to make the right decisions and to put Zach in a position to succeed. So 
Um, you know, they took the offensive tackle last year in the first round, Makai Becton. Uh, they signed Corey Davis in the offseason. So, you know, they're, they're starting to assemble some of those pieces on offense that they didn't have previously with Sam Darnold. So, Josh, uh, I know that none, no NFL coach wants to pamper anybody or be soft on them, but have you seen situations before where coaches do have a negative uh, effect on a young quarterback but by somehow mishandling him or putting him in situations that are uh, less than desirable or even ruining confidence? Yeah, it, it probably happens more than – people think i mean we talk about draft bust and it's this you know all-encompassing label that we put on quarterbacks um you know the david cars the tim couches uh ryan leafs you know all of those situations weren't created equally uh in the case of tim couch it was an expansion franchise and they had a terrible offensive line and he just got beat up um you know we've we talked about this adam gase bounce back that we've seen from Ryan Tannehill, and maybe that wasn't the best scheme for him. Uh, And that's why so many are maybe a little bit optimistic that Sam Darnold might be able to contribute a little bit more than what he has shown um, now that he's got a fresh start in Carolina. So that is is definitely something to consider. I think situation, um, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the scheme, whether it's um, the talent that's around the quarterback position, all of that has to be considered because – when you're talking about these these teams at the top of the draft, um, picking number one, picking number two, picking number three overall, those teams are there for a reason. Um, you know, they have deficiencies on their roster that enabled them to be taking taking a quarterback that early. Um, so it's not always going to be a perfect situation that a quarterback walks into, but any of them that are able to overcome that situation, I think. Uh, you know, just really endears themselves to the fan base and becomes even a bigger star. What do you think the Niners do with three? Yeah, that's a question I keep getting quite a bit. And I, I, I do hear the Mac Jones buzz. Um, I Just in the back of my head, I can't imagine that it's that cut and dry. Um, I still have this ounce of doubt in the back of my mind that maybe not everything is as it seems and maybe, you know, it's not – it's not a closed door that it's going to be Mac Jones at number three overall. Um, you know, when you look at the Vegas odds, Justin Fields is kind of right there with Mac Jones, which I think is pretty interesting because Vegas seems to know information before the general public and everyone else. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting that they see this a little bit more open than what's being perceived in the media right now. Uh, so I, I think it's probably going to be Mac Jones. But I would be lying if I did not think that there was at least an ounce um, of, of, of a possibility that it could be Justin Fields or Trey Lance. What is, is there any chance the Jets could take Justin Fields? Because I've seen some conjecture there. Is that, is that just a smokescreen? I think it's – I would be surprised. I think uh, it's – I think they've had their decision made up for a little while now. Um, I just think Zach Wilson, with what he brings to the table uh, in terms of his mobility, his decision-making on third down, uh, his decision-making in the red zone, his ability to throw from different arm angles and to make some of these 
magical plays that we see from Aaron Rodgers on any given Sunday, um, you know, has just really endeared him to that organization. And I think it would be a significant upset if they took anyone other than than Zach Wilson uh, at number two overall. And that's not to say that Justin Fields isn't an incredible talent in his own right. I just think that's the way that the wind is blowing. I thought I got that info, Josh, from uh, one of your other colleagues at CBSSports.com. Is that what was that? That 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 uh, Zach Wilson might be available to the Niners, and that Justin Fields might go number two. Yeah, yeah, we did we we did discuss that. If uh, the Jets were possibly putting out, uh, or the or the 49ers were trying to blow up Mac Jones. To make him more intriguing to, you know, maybe the Jets or, uh, you know, kind of undersell their interest in Justin Fields so that the Jets didn't turn around and essentially say, hey, maybe we need to take a second look at this guy before, uh, you know, we turn the pick in. Um, Will Brinson was the one that brought that up. And I think it's something to consider because we have seen crazier things happen in the past, but I still think it's pretty likely we're going to see Trevor Lawrence one. Uh, Zach Wilson two, and then Mac Jones three. Any concern about the 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 Cougars' soft schedule and uh, and and Zach Wilson flourishing against that kind of competition? No, I think that gets overblown a little bit. Um, I mean, you have to take it into consideration, but it's a very small part of the process because you know he might not be playing against Alabama or Clemson, but uh, generally speaking, he doesn't have. Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith that he's throwing to, and he's not handing off to Najee Harris. Um, you know, so as much as I like Isaac Rex and, you know, Dax Milne and um, Allgaier and all those guys, like it, it's a little different animal. So you have to consider not only the competition that he's going against, but those that are lining up on the same sideline as him as well. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a little bit overrated. I mean, we've seen Carson Wentz have a little bit of success. Obviously, that looks a little outdated now after what we saw this past season, but talking about a guy that at one point played a near-MVP caliber level um, and had a lot of success coming out of North Dakota State. So I think it's kind of overblown. I think he's more than capable of having success, regardless of whether he played you know, in Conference USA or the Mountain West or the SEC. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think at the end of the day, if you have the talent, you're going to be successful in the NFL. Josh Edwards is with us from CBS Sports. Josh, uh, give us kind of the the long and short of this draft. What type of draft is it? Is it deep? Maybe some position groups that uh, that are uh, you can find some impact players. Yeah, no question. It's it's going to look a little uh, deep at the top now when you talk about potentially five quarterbacks going in the top eight picks. Um, you know, some of those players that are considered blue chip talents get pushed down the board a little bit. Uh, you know, whether that's the aforementioned Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase, uh, Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle. But uh, I think wide receiver is definitely one of the strongest positions in this draft class. And, you know, that could ultimately factor into some of the decisions that we see atop the draft because maybe a team like Cincinnati that needs a wide receiver uh, to complement Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, maybe they take an offensive tackle first knowing that they can get a really good player in the second round at the wide receiver position because we look at, you know, what Justin Jefferson was able to accomplish being the fifth wide receiver off the board, um, you know, having an offensive rookie of the year kind of performance 
Uh, and then, you know, we've seen that level of, of production from, from wide receivers taken on day two several times recently. You look at DK Metcalf, um, you know, T. Higgins, as I, as I already mentioned, Tyler Boyd, like you can get quality wide receiver talent beyond day one. Uh, and I don't think this draft is any different. I think there's there's some really good value to be had at that position. So, Josh, I don't know if you've ever done a study of it, but what percentage of quarterbacks who are taken in the first round end up being uh, at the level that they were expected to be? And, and let me let me ask another question. If you're a quarterback picked in the top ten or the top five, is the only measure for success a franchise quarterback? That is, that's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know. I would think if you're taking a quarterback in the top 10 or even the top five, um, you would hope for that player to be a franchise quarterback. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't know if the grades always bear that out uh, because the quarterback position has become so necessary to be successful in today's NFL. If you don't have a quarterback, then you're chasing a quarterback. Um, so if you don't have a quarterback, then maybe you're inclined to, you know, trade up and get one of those potential top five caliber quarterbacks. So maybe you're having to use a little bit more capital and take them a little bit higher than maybe what your rankings and your, your, you know, your big board suggest you should take them. Um, so I do think this class specifically has some really good players. Uh, and I would feel comfortable taking four of them in the top 10. But, you know, when when you look at, at Mac Jones, I have a few more reservations that, you know, I would still take him in the first round, but I don't think it's a slam dunk the way that these other four quarterbacks are in the first round. And they all, they all carry their own risks, but it's just measuring those risks and what you feel most comfortable with in the first round. So maybe I would take Mac Jones in the top ten, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I think he's one of these – top 10 caliber uh, quarterbacks um, like a Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. You know, I I don't know that he's going to be, I don't know that he's going to be one of those elite passers in the sense of, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. I think there is definitely a ceiling when you look at a player like Mac Jones. Well, we can absolutely count on the fact that if Zach Wilson goes number two to the Jets, he will have to learn with, with enormous pressure being in New York and, and being that high a pick. I mean, he better be able to handle that, right? Because if he can't, that's going to be – that's not going to be a happy situation. Yeah, no question. That city, it, it you know, chews people up and spit them out every day, whether that's uh, Major League Baseball or NFL and the NBA. I mean, the bright lights – are not for everybody when you're coming from, you know, maybe a more laid back environment, it can be a lot to adjust to not only, you know, the media, that's the ravage, uh, ravaging media that you have to deal with and all the questions from the public and, you know, all of this stuff, but even just getting around town, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, you're, it, it's just a lot different going, uh, you know, from Provo to, to New York. So that would definitely be an adjustment. I think Zach Wilson is, uh, with, with his background, he's probably a little better to, equipped to make that leap uh, than maybe, you know, some other quarterbacks coming out of a situ- similar situation. 
but I can definitely understand the the thought that that's a big adjustment. Maybe that's not the best situation, you know, for someone coming out of uh, of, of of a different kind of environment if you're not used to the big city life. Josh, thank you very much for a few moments of your time. We appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Josh. Josh Edwards from CBS Sports covers the NFL draft. Some interesting stuff there. Uh, Jake, you have been you've been anti Jets uh, from the beginning of this process, even before, well, certainly before they made the changes at the top of their organization, and even since then. Uh, man, I, I, for Zach Wilson's sake, you're hoping he can go into a situation where the coaches are <laughs> apply whatever characteristics are necessary to bring him along, as opposed to some coaches who who don't make the situation better; they make it worse. I worry about the players around him. You mentioned uh, Josh mentioned and reminded us that they did draft a tackle in the first round last year. That's probably a pretty good thing. But you know, with quarterbacks at the beginning of your career, you got to go out and you got to have some players around you to produce. Just uh, for example, um, Russell Wilson uh, may be a one man uh, highlight reel now and be able to do it without a, a real terrific uh, offensive roster. Although you've heard him complain about the line. Uh-huh. We remember back when he won his Super Bowl and they were really good and he was still on his rookie deal. They had talent all over the place. That offense was really, really good. And, and you know, he had Marshawn Lynch to lean on who was doing Marshawn Lynch things back then. And that was a big luxury for him that he had a bunch of players around him that took the pressure off and he succeeded immediately. I don't know if the Jets have those guys. Well, I, I, I use this example because it's so clear in my mind because I had – I had interviewed the man uh, in depth uh, before before the start of his rookie season. John Elway, when he went to Denver, I mean, there was a there was just a, a, a frenzy from the media, from the fan base. From I mean, there were people who were hiding out to talk with him by his car, and just you know, when he went out to get a haircut. There were people who were following him around. And when that season started, remember, he struggled early in that year. Uh, obviously, his talent was such that he was able to overcome it eventually, but it didn't happen automatically. I mean, there were some ugly games in the early going. And just knowing how things have worked in New York, <laughs> I don't, if, if there are some early struggles, uh, I mean, are we looking at another – Darnold situation. Uh, I certainly hope not for Zach Wilson's sake. But he, knowing him, he's probably being coached up by folks all around him to what to prepare for and how to handle it. And if those coaches in New York are, you know, uh, smart, they will take this this kid uh, who wasn't even sure he was going to start at BYU before last season. Uh, that they make sure they handle that correctly because people are people, man. You can't, you can't, you can destroy them if you don't handle them right. Again, I'm not talking about babying a guy, but you gotta, you gotta find the right way to uh, to handle this. But it sure seems to me like if they draft him, they're going to expect him to start right from jump, right? You would think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Unless Tyrod Taylor is still out there because he seems to be the popular one to sign to <laughs> pretend yeah. that he's going to be the starter for about 10 minutes. Uh, and that would be that would be one of the advantages. And, Jake, uh, you have <laughs> you think there are all kinds of advantages for him to go to the 49ers instead because, well, I don't know if Garoppolo is going to be there or what, but uh, at least there would be the potential to have Zach come along a little more slowly. I remember when Dan Marino, sorry, I keep going back a few decades, but I remember when Dan Marino went to the, Miami, he he didn't start at the beginning of the year, but as the year progressed, then he he was given an opportunity, but he had a chance to observe for a little while before everything was dumped on his shoulders. 